Welcome to Anecdotal Notes. I'm one of your hosts, Pat Aiken, and I'm joined with my co-host, Steve Hyde. Hello, Interwebs. How are you doing? All right. And uh, today we're just going to kind of go back over, at least in this episode, some of the information that we have touched upon in earlier episodes. And uh, before we do, though, you know, I want to, you know, if you're just tuning in, if you've never listen to our podcast before you need to understand that we are a free thinking podcast and what i mean by that is that we accept uh, a person's opinion and a person being able to hypothesize and theorize about any of these mysterious phenomena uh this is an essential is essentially guerrilla radio. This is this is a place where, you know, if you think that your theory is is viable, you know, uh, for instance, Bigfoot's an interdimensional being. We'll use that as an example. Uh, that's okay for us here. It's worth talking about. Okay, we're we're not a cult. You know, we we we're open to ideas and we're founded and based upon scientific inquiry on our podcast. Doesn't mean that, you know, we're not going to stray off and talk about uh, things that the scientific community would would consider not viable, like, you know, paranormal activity or, or, or things like that. But what it does mean is that we're an open forum. And you know what? I'm going to say this you're not wrong, okay? And I want you to get that as you're listening. Just get that in your mind. That, you know, there is no expert in this field. I don't care how fancy somebody's webpage is or how many books they've written. You know, they're groping along in the dark just as much as any of us are, okay? So, you know, if you've been out there and you, you've been knocked down a little bit by different quote-unquote experts or research groups or whatever you know what you're home welcome home because you could come here and you could listen to us you can interact with us and you know we're not going to judge what you you know what's going on with you in your world you know I, I think that's a real problem um that we have in, in we're going to talk specifically in this this episode reviewing the cryptid hominid the bigfoot phenomena but in my own personal opinion i feel like many of these research groups are not research groups but rather they are bigfoot cults i feel like a lot of these groups they have a strong leader and the leader sets the agenda for what the group believes. I don't think a lot, a, a lot of members in these groups. I, I think that the group serves more of a social function for the people in the group rather than a location where they're inquiring scientifically into the phenomena mm-hmm. or attempting to, you know, discuss the phenomena or reach some conclusions mm-hmm. that are based in science. I honestly feel like, for the most part. They're big Bigfoot uh, barbecue parties, and, you know, they go out and they go camp, and, you know, they do that stuff. But, you know, 
lots of campfire stories and those sorts of things take place. And you know what? Here's the thing I want you to understand. I'm not judging that. I don't think that's wrong. I think it's great. I, I mean, if you have fun doing that, I mean, by all means. By all means, go enjoy yourself. It's all yourself. about fun. I mean, nobody should be like you know going through serious misery and drudgery just investigating the Bigfoot phenomenon. I mean, we got we got too many other things in our lives to be miserable about. I know that's right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, but but I but but seriously, I mean, and, and you know, like I said, we were on the internet a uh, lot. I think. A lot more heavily years ago. Yeah. It's really I, I've got to the point now where I pretty much know the the theology of these different Bigfoot groups. Mm, yeah. And you know. Well, I mean, Pat, you and I have both been out of the field for quite a number of years now. Right. And uh, but occasionally we either catch glimpses of what the field's like or or get momentarily dragged into it for some reason because somebody says something or that catches our attention. And. What strikes us most, I know at least what strikes me the most, is the uh, utter familiarity we have with what we see mm-hmm. when that happens, because it's like absolutely nothing whatsoever has changed in the Bigfoot community nothing. in the 20 years or so since we first got involved in it. That's right. No, it's 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 seriously, it, it's, it's like Bigfoot uh, research has gone into syndication yeah. and it's reruns, yeah. and you can you can count. I mean, you can just count on the fact that month by month, mm-hmm. somebody's going to have a groundbreaking video, yeah. which is going to inevitably turn out to be somebody in a $100 gorilla suit, yeah. out of focus, that, you know, they're in a wood line, look, mm-hmm. look, I got, I took a mm-hmm. video of Bigfoot, yeah. and then, you know, the same armchair quarterbacks mm-hmm. are going to sit there, and they're mm-hmm. going to postulate, and if, if you dare mm-hmm. say, you know what? That's bunkum. That's that's just. Oh, yeah. oh you don't know. You you know. It's well, like it's like it's called. Um, now I I have not been on any Bigfoot related websites for I don't know how many years. I don't know if there is such a thing as the Bigfoot forums anymore. Do they even still exist. Uh, you know what? A lot of them have gone private. Uh-huh. And uh, there are a few out there, but yeah. they're all honest to goodness. Mm-hmm. They are. so so uh, administrated uh, that I mean it, it just honestly if you dare to uh, post something mm-hmm. that, that doesn't you know tow yeah. the party line yeah you're just immediately banned they just yeah. you don't even you well, know it's like you and I were in the field before there was such a thing as a Bigfoot forums right and there were other forums that the went forums was a new new fangled thing on the internet and uh, but I remember even when Bigfoot forums started up and started following them, you know, when we were active, in, in, for the few years later, that it was a predictable pattern. You would have a group of people who would kind of establish themselves on the forum as experts or people who posted thousands of times or right. put out their opinions and everything, and then the exact you would have a set of discussions take place. Well, is, is the Patterson film real? Is this real? Is that real? So what, what, what about this guy's effect? You know, and, and all of these things. Then those people would kind of gradually disappear. Then you would get another set, and then you would have all the same discussions again mm-hmm. with, the, with the exact same outcomes, which meant there is no outcome. That's right. And then that would go on for a couple of years, and those people would be gone for whatever reason. They'd get banned or just give up. And then you get a new, new group of people in, and then it's just an endless cycle that repeated. Well, you know, and here's the thing. The people who controlled the website or had the quote-unquote research group, mm-hmm. and 
Yes, I know the listeners sitting there, well, what about social media? Yes, a lot of these groups have transferred over and they have a social media presence. <clears throat> but 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 the methodology yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah. You get a newbie in, all right? A person goes out, a person has an experience, okay? The person, you know, probably this is not an immediate thing. If it's a genuine experience, the person's probably for the first little bit after the experience is going to be in some sort of shock. Mm-hmm. They're not really going to, they, they're going to have lots of internal questioning taking place. Yeah. Did I see? Did I not see? Subsequent to this, they're going to go into what I like to call the um, seeking phase, mm-hmm. where they're going to now. <clears throat> They'll have either remembered something they saw on television or in a movie, so they're going to seek out to try to find an answer. Okay, and here's the crucial thing. This is the most dangerous time for a person who's new to this experience because they're going to then go on the Internet. And, you know, I'd like to... And also to to keep in mind that usually if if people have, have no knowledge of Bigfoot, are not involved in the community or anything, and probably may not have never have even heard of the phenomenon. They have an experience. One of the first things they're going to do is they're going to check the local authorities or anything like that, right. ask people around them. And 99.9% of the time, they've already had a really bad experience doing that. They've right. already got a number of people thinking they've, they've gone off their rocker or started yeah. taking Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. So when they, when they suddenly make the transition from, well, the hell with the police department. They're not going to be right. helpful, obviously. So maybe my next step is to try to find somebody who's had the same experience I have. So at, That's least, right. at least we can kind of can, uh, find some way to connect that way and right. get some sort of resolution. Well, so when they're when they're hitting the Bigfoot community and the Internet, trying to look up websites and forums and everything like that, they've already had a really bad experience interacting with people to start with. That's right. So they're already kind of fidgety about going in there then all of a sudden they'll they'll see what's going on in somebody's forums and start reading you know discussion threads and looking at websites and a lot of them will go uh, I don't want to be I don't want to have any part of that and then them and their experience will just forever go off into the shadows and that's right. lost some valuable things in that's right because during the seeking phase um, they're very vulnerable because they're looking for answers in here's the thing see we got a whole big group of people non-phd people mm-hmm. who who are they have chosen they've self-proclaimed experts in this and they're more than willing to tell the person no this is what you saw mm-hmm. all right so that sounds good on the surface but really under underneath you know these people have no idea they really don't know any more than anyone else about this phenomenon they've seized upon a theory that bigfoot is some sort of archaic uh existing hominid uh ape-like creature that managed to you know stay hidden in you know some of the most populated states of the United States, mm-hmm. you know, barring all of the technology. Yeah. And this thing's still out there in its flesh and blood and, you know, all of this stuff. The, the classic theory of it being a flesh and blood creature. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, if the person if the person feels welcomed, 
then the indoctrination begins. And, you know, they, they, they begin to, you know, be taught the party line. Well, no, this is what, this is what it is, and that's what it is. Okay, if a person goes out there and they've had something that didn't fit the framework of what is an accepted Bigfoot uh, sighting, let's just say, for instance, you know, Bigfoot disappeared in front of them in a flash of light. Okay, that's one I've heard before. And um, our Bigfoot seemed to be able to telepathically or telekinetically hold me away from it. I was trying to get closer to see it, but I reached an invisible wall and couldn't move any closer. Now, that's a famous one. Uh, you go onto the wrong uh, website, forum, social media page, mm-hmm. and you are going to be castigated, mm-hmm. okay, because it doesn't fit the party line, which is, again, pure hypocrisy on the part of these people because mm-hmm. they have no answers. They're grasping for straws in the dark just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so so if you've undergone this treatment, I would strongly suggest to you that, um, you know, let's put it in a southern way. You, you, if you're in there and you're suffering and you really haven't been able to tell the truth and you, you feel like you've been um, repressed to some degree, I, I give you some strong advice, which is why don't you just de-ask the premises? Why don't you leave that group and come out among the thinkers and the people who are free thinking about this and who are looking at all of the theories and, you know, don't paint yourself into a, a, a corner so that you can't get out of this group because I'm sorry to say, but some of the things I've observed is they have these leaders in these groups that they assume complete control. Mm-hmm. I, they allow you in, but then if you veer in any direction away from what the leader thinks, boop, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't access our webpage anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't come to any more of the Bigfoot picnics. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. all of a sudden you're, you're being punished for having free thought. Yeah. Now keep in mind also that um, if you're new to the Bigfoot community and, and if you go in and start, uh, start studying the different groups and what's going on, um, the Bigfoot community is very much like the UFO community and other communities in that it's, it's divided into very, some very strong factions. And one of the things that happens to somebody who comes into there and decides, well, okay, I'm going to I'm going to check out this group first. I'm going to go talk to them, or I'm going to talk to this other group. Is that once you become, your name gets out there, you become associated with a group, then you're going to have a, a community of people that's going to be there and, and say, oh, well, okay, they're with that group, they're with us, or whatever. Then you're going to have a lot of people out there who are suddenly not going to want to have anything to do with you because mm-hmm. you're with them. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So what happens is is you suddenly get a dose of guilt by association. Yep. Even though, I mean, you're not a flag waver for a particular organization. You're just trying to seek some answers for your own experience. But unfortunately, a lot of these groups and a lot of these fights and divisions that have been going on in the community for years and years um, tend to paint a lot of people with the same brush. So it's, there's a lot of guilt by association. There's a lot of, well, there's... 
they went to that organization, so they must believe this. Right. That's right. There's a lot of that that goes on. So just be forewarned of that also. And also, if you have had an experience, uh, let me give you a couple of suggestions right now. You write down the experience as it happened to you. Don't leave out any detail. Just, you know, completely record it. Even if you have to get some sort of voice recorder and talk your way through it. And if this has been truly your experience with this phenomenon, you stick to your guns. I've heard lots of reports of major organizations showing up and correcting people. People are trying to, you know, recount what happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I saw this, I saw, and the people, oh, no, you couldn't have seen that. Mm-hmm. You know, correcting a person when they're trying to record or or to make a report about their experience. You know, no one as an investigator has a right to come in and correct you. Mm-hmm. If they weren't there, and even if they were there, mm-hmm. they could only give their version of the events as they perceived them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just don't buy into this. I, I, and You know, this is working up in me. I, I, like I told you before we went on the air, I've spent the whole week up to my neck in different theories, but... Mm-hmm. I'm really seeing an organic parallel between the development of Bigfoot groups and religions. And it has happened on its own. You know, at first, people who have explored the history of this, of the phenomena of investigating Bigfoot, you know, there were a few reports prior to Patterson um, of wild men and, and, and different phenomena which they began calling Bigfoot. Now, of course, I'm not discounting any of the Native American stories, Mm -hmm. but I'm talking about in popular culture, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And let that be the defining point, is I'm talking about popular culture post-Patterson film. Mm -hmm. Patterson film got published. It went out there. People saw it. And and, and I'm just going to tell you, in my personal opinion, I think that thing in the the film is real. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there there's several reasons for this. And we're not going to go into that, but, but there, you know, I think what we was filmed there was real to, you know, mm-hmm. it's the best footage. It's never been discounted. I think so, too. I think so. I mean, I've seen lots of stuff since then, but nothing touches a Patterson film for the authenticity of the muscle mass and the way it moved. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's think of that as, as like ground zero for this phenomenon. Patterson Film gets published, and it got incorporated in several low-budget documentaries and different things, you know, because Roger Patterson, he's trying to make some, some money off of the thing, and mm-hmm. it's he's licensing it to be used. Mm-hmm. But it gets distributed out, goes into theaters and cinemas across the world, the United States. Mm-hmm. On the heels of this... That was, what year was that, 67? 67. 67. So by 72, Mm. five years later, we now have an entire phenomenon Mm. of people who are making this their life call, you know, and I'm not going to call any of their names. And from that, you you began having, um, you know, a couple of different theories. One was, the first one was Bigfoot was a vegetarian. Mm. Okay. He was a big forest hippie. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he lived out in the Pacific Northwest, and he, you know. Yeah, with all the other forest hippies. With all the other forest <laughs> hippies, and I'm sure that somebody thought, you know, Bigfoot ate, you know, the, the mushrooms, the, of, mushrooms the of buds of the wild cannabis plant. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he enjoyed that lifestyle. Yeah. Then you had a southern school which came out, which was, he was a swamp monster. Mm. And, you know, yeah. he eat you and the turtle and everything yeah. in the swamp. And, mm. All right. But we begin to see a divergence in thought. Bigfoot is a good, beneficial animal that's just an animal. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot is an animal, but Bigfoot is dangerous as hell. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and we start seeing these two roots. Mm-hmm. And from these two roots or stems or limbs from this initial phenomenon, we began having these little branches. Till today, I mean, it's truly... It's, I mean, it's like the difference between the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church or the Baptist Church and the Presbyterian Church. Yeah. You know, each of these one little groups or these the, these little Bigfoot research groups have their own theology. Mm-hmm. One group says, well, you know, Bigfoot is a monster. we got to kill it. Mm-hmm. The other group is, you know, they still really haven't changed, you know, mm-hmm. too oh, yeah. much. Bigfoot's all gentle and eats at the salad bar mm-hmm. and he's, you know, but 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 the point I'm just trying to say is it's a false social construct. Okay? We don't know what the hell this thing is. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's sitting there claiming they know is, you know, they're so yeah. arrogant and pompous mm-hmm. to, to absolutely yeah. beat the band. Yeah. All they're doing is trying to gain position in among other people and trying to, yeah. to raise their own status among a group of people by trying to have trying to claim they have some sort of knowledge that really has no basis. That's right. And, you know, I'm sure some of these people from from uh, the demographics, uh-huh. you know, we've, we've had some stuff out of the pack Northwest and oh, yeah. these places. They, they, they are, they're listening out there. But, you know, I don't care if it makes you mad. Mm-hmm. Okay? The truth is the truth, and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And we, indeed, here on Anecdotal Notes, are free indeed, are mm-hmm. we not? We are. And, you know, I don't care if you don't invite me to your Bigfoot conference because I wasn't going to go anyway. Okay? (laughs) We'll watch it all on YouTube anyway. That's right. I mean, somebody (laughs) will see you sit and say your Bigfoot schlotskis and chatskis or whatever they call those things. Yeah. Yeah. And And we'll sit in front of our our smartphones or our laptops and we'll eat popcorn and make fun of you. (laughs) I mean, you know, you can treat people wrong for only so long Mm -hmm. until people you know you created this Mm -hmm. by your closed mindedness so so we're coming back and we're Mm -hmm. you know uh, I'm not dependent on sponsorship Mm -hmm. okay and you know we don't have have a TV show or two right and we don't care I mean I'm not this is truly the Bigfoot resistance that's what this is. We're the guerrilla radio. We're the voice of reason in this howling wilderness of Bigfoot mediocrity. I mean, here's the bottom line. We don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to pretend that you do. Mm-hmm. Even evolution itself, friend, is not a law. It is still a theory. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there was DNA evidence come out just this last couple of weeks mm-hmm. that they've got a huge gap that doesn't explain how all these diverse animals, uh, mammalia mm-hmm. and stuff, how they evolved. It just about, you know, 100,000 years ago, all of a yeah. sudden a lot of these animals just appeared. Yeah. 
And they don't have any answer as to why Mm -hmm. this took place. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you can't answer it concretely and prove it, and also you've got to be able to prove it under clinical conditions, thank you, uh, it's theory. Mm -hmm. So your whole Gigantopithecus thing may or may not be the truth, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I don't know if basing a theory on one or two molars is very well, it's, sound. It's not only that. Uh, Gigantopithecus blackie, or, or I don't know if they have any other species of Gigantopithecus now. I think that's the only one currently. Uh, was believed to be a giant species of ape based on the molars and a handful of lower jaws. Right. And we know at least their jaws and, their, and probably their heads were big. Now how big the rest of them was is, is anybody's guess. But keep in mind that's the only giant ape we know of. It doesn't mean that that was the only giant ape there was. Well, I mean, you know, but but even from that, we we have no idea. He could have been three foot tall, just had a big big basketball head. That's right. Yeah. You know, we're just guessing. Yeah. You know, I understand people are are, are making logical guesses and assessments. Yeah. I'm not I taking mean, away. If you've read Grover Krantz's book Big Footprints and and the Bigfoot Sasquatch Evidence, which was the second edition of that, he goes through quite some detail about how he constructed how based on simply the, the jaw construction and the and the teeth and everything about how he arrived at Sas, at Blackie being an, an upright two-legged creature and I mean there's I understand a lot a lot of the the uh, anatomical technicalities that he calls on in order to do that but then again it's just a theory it's a theory yeah well and we always have to keep in mind on what a theory is I mean the, the fundamental premise that I always operate on is that there is no evidence or guarantee or any assurance that the human mind, either individually or as a species, is capable of understanding the universe as it exists. All its laws, all its processes, its origins, where it's going or whatever. There's, there's no reason to think that may, be the poss- that may even be a possibility. And knowing that, what exactly is a theory? A theory is only someone trying to understand some sort of process going on in the universe by dumbing it down to the point where there's all the steps of the process he can understand. That's basically what a theory is. Hmm. And the more popular a theory is, is basically it's dumbed down to the point where enough people understand it where it becomes accepted among a society. But all it is, is all the theory is, is trying to understand something simple enough where a human mind can comprehend it. That's it. That's not only just for Bigfoot, but for anything else you can think of. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think, I don't have an issue with anyone believing that Bigfoot is a flesh and blood creature. As a person, I don't. It's one theory among many. That's right. And I think it being a theory, Mm -hmm. it's as viable a theory as any of the others. It happens to be my my favorite one at the moment. Right. And it's not a. You're more flesh and blood. I'm more paranormal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're sitting at the same table. We're friends. We get along. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. My issue has always come from the fact that for whatever reason, and I think it's just plainly power seeking in human nature Mm -hmm. that you have a group of people who are not willing Mm -hmm. to open their minds and look at the broad picture Mm -hmm. 
and they end up, you know, unfortunately hurting a lot of people mm-hmm. who might be viable sources for data. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing that kills me is they purport they they claim that they're out seeking. Oh, you know, we're doing this expedition and that, and we're gathering evidence, and we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you know. You're not gathering all of the evidence. You're gathering the evidence that you think supports mm-hmm. your theory mm-hmm. as opposed to just gathering all of the evidence, even evidence which might not mm-hmm. support your flesh and blood only theory, yeah. right? Yeah, like we've like we said before, one of the other podcasts we've done about this phenomenon is in and the part about investigative techniques, you know, when you're out there collecting evidence, you know, we've hammered this home before. When you're out there collecting evidence, that's not the time to discern whether evidence is valid or not valid or fits a particular theory or whatever. What you're doing then is simply building a database of mm-hmm. all the data that you can possibly find. Now, what happens is, like we said before, solving the Bigfoot phenomena is essentially like solving a lot of other things. It's a game of statistics. And what you're looking at is you're building your database, and later on when it comes time to sift through the data, you're going to sift through all of your data and find out those trends and those commonalities between different things where you can tell then what what looks more scientifically like a valid body of data, and then you can pick out the outliers then. But... Trying to judge data, the validity of data, and where it fits is not... Going out and collecting the data is not the time to do that. I mean, if somebody tells you that he saw, in all sincerity, that he saw Bigfoot step off the saucer holding hands with Elvis, I mean, that's... You have to... It's your duty as an investigator to record that and stick it in the database where it belongs. Now, later on, when you start studying your data scientifically... You know, you may discover that you've got 150 other stories of somebody saying that he saw the step off there with Elvis. Right. Or it may be only one or two out of a thousand others that, that say, I saw Bigfoot in the woods, I looked at him, he looked at me, we went our separate ways. Right. Then you can say, well, okay, statistically speaking, I can scientifically, using accepted scientific methods, show that the one story I've got out of 1,500 that says Bigfoot stepped off the saucer with Elvis is probably BS. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand, you can't just go by your gut instinct on that and say, well, I thought it was BS, so I didn't even bother recording it. You have to scientifically show that you have valid valid methodology for, for saying this is likely BS. Mm-hmm. And let me add something else, too. <clears throat> you know, you sitting in your basement shuffling through reports, you know, if you're not creating data points, which you're then going to run through a statistics program, at the very least, mm-hmm. anything you derive is basically going to be treated like BS. Yeah. No one who is any kind of PhD or any person who's actually an academic mm-hmm. is going to take your stuff seriously until it meets the qualified parameters of what one would consider a legitimate study. Okay. And, you know, Steve used an extreme example. Elvis hold, I mean, you know, we've been holding hands with Elvis getting on the flying saucer. Yeah. Okay. Trust me, I'm not telling an investigator not to have doubt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not, but, but, but just for the integrity of the investigation, mm-hmm. 
you need to record all the parameters of the investigation. Mm -hmm. It may, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it needs to be part of the database. That's right. Because later on, I mean, for somebody, if, if I'm talking with a Bigfoot investigator, we're talking about reports that are part of that investigator's database. It impresses me more to see a Bigfoot stepped off the saucer with Elvis story in their database and then them tell me scientifically why statistically they, they, they decided that was an outlier of the data versus somebody just telling me, yeah, somebody told me one time they saw Bigfoot, you know, stepping out, stepping out with Elvis off a saucer and I just laughed at him and went my way. That to me doesn't impress me very much as that investigator being thorough in their practice. Right. And I'm just, I'll just tell you that. And, and you know, and I don't think it's, uh, should show the investigator in a bad light huh. that they took the time. Like Steve just said, I feel yeah. like this guy's thorough. Yeah. He's recording everything. Or this lady, okay? I'm not yeah. trying to be sexist. Uh, this investigator, mm -hmm. that's a better way to express yeah. it. This investigator recorded all of the elements of the report. And they didn't attempt to alter it. They didn't attempt to make it fit into their little group's worldview. Okay, you've got to have that level of integrity to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and I also want to add this. This is my opinion. Mm -hmm. What I say on here shouldn't reflect on Steve Hyde or any other person that we have mentioned or have been associated with in our investigations. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be mad, be mad at me. Mm -hmm. You want to disagree, disagree with me. Yeah. Like Steve just said, he believes that Bigfoot's a flesh and blood creature. Mm -hmm. I have my doubts. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like I said, I have a, a, a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I do account. I say, okay, there's a 40, 50% yeah. chance, you know, mm -hmm. that this thing could be that. Yeah. It could be this other 30%, you know. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, that, and therein lies the importance of the methodology that you use to investigate. Because, I mean, when I tell you the example of Bigfoot stepping off the the saucer with Elvis, I mean, at the face of it, you know, most people would say, well, that sounds preposterous. But then if I'm out there, I'm investigating a phenomenon, I've got 1,500 reports, and let's say, you know, 1,200 of them involve Bigfoot and UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly, and maybe just the normal, I saw it in the woods, and it looked at me, and I looked at it, and I ran away, and it walked away, and I smelled something bad afterward, then... Uh, Maybe those, you only have a couple of dozen of those, and when you're actually looking at your data statistically, maybe those end up being the outliers. Could be. Yeah, I mean, but unless you go through the proper methodology, you'll never know, because then unless you do that, all you're doing is, at the end of the day, setting yourself up for, a con for what in, in, in uh, intellectual circles is I think is referred to as confirmation bias. That's exactly right. Yeah, which which basically says is that you're going to either consciously or unconsciously steer your methodology to validate what preconceived notions you have in the first place. And confirmation bias by any kind of actual actually well-trained academic, mm -hmm. they're going to pick it out. Yeah. They're going to look at your raw data and they're yeah. going to say, "Hey, Matter of fact, if, if you if you even think highly enough of your work to try to send it off for publication in, in any sort of peer-reviewed publication, mm -hmm. the people who review those publications are, are more often than not trained to sniff out confirmation bias. They'll yep. spot it a mile away. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, 
you just, you know, if you're going to be serious about this, you've got to be thorough and you've got to take it seriously with some integrity. Mm-hmm. Okay? That is entirely what I'm just trying to say. Yeah. You know, I, and, and I'm also trying to help somebody if, you know, that's just tuning in. I don't know how many people will reach with this. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, I hope that the more people hear what we say, mm-hmm. I feel like the better the field will become. Yeah. Because I think a thinking person is going to hear us and know that we are truly the Switzerland mm-hmm. of uh, the Bigfoot world. We're just trying mm-hmm. to, you know, we want to get along with everybody, but, uh-huh. but we want it done properly. Mm-hmm. And I think that thinking person is going to understand that maybe I need to rethink. Maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe Bigfoot did disappear in a flash of light. Yeah. Maybe you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there, so I'm not going to sit and call someone a liar. Mm-hmm. But you're definitely on the wrong track mm-hmm. when you know you begin hurting other people mm-hmm. uh, over something that no one has the proof of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just my advice for that today is, you know, we, we've we encountered, Steve and I both, I mean, I, I mentioned on a previous episode, you know, you drive four hours and the guy's got Bigfoot out and a penny and a bra and, a, you know, mm-hmm. I but no, I didn't just immediately in his face, you know, okay. This, he's he's lunatic. Yeah. You know, although it did cross my mind. Yeah. Okay. But I just I listened to what he said, took the report down, went on. And you know what? There might be a female Bigfoot out there. You never know. A very mm-hmm. modest one at that. Very modest one. Okay. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. But the point I'm saying is that I took the information down as it was presented to me. And whether or not in my heart I believe this it was there, okay? The report was there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know. Well, I don't know what we're facing. We, we live in really strange times in the United States. I mean, we've got all sorts of social discord taking place. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, I think, is being uh, artificially induced. Yeah. And um, I think that you see a trickle-down effect from this. I think you mm-hmm. see people lose their sense of balance Mm -hmm. and they get so mad that they transfer their anger onto other subjects you know there's so much artificially induced polarization going on in our society right now from our media from our political parties from from everything else that's right that and it touches all aspects of our life i mean it's it's got to the point now where it's difficult to have any interaction with other people without struggling with how do you deal with that polarization because it expresses itself in so many places now. And it's difficult to find any endeavor right now where the urge isn't there just to jump in on one side or the other and just start swinging, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, just like like we urge people do in, in everyday life, I mean, don't necessarily jump in with a crowd. Don't. We're so conditioned nowadays to believe what we're told so long as we like the person who's telling it to us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, you have to you have to understand that everybody and anybody 
especially in the media, will lie to you if it serves their purpose. Absolutely. Whatever the purpose they've got. And it may be somebody you thought has told you the truth up till now. You may be, because basically they told you what you wanted to hear. And it may be from an institution that you have been brought up and conditioned to think that uh, these people are it. I mean, this, this is what I look up to. Whether it's a news organization, a media personality, or anything, you have to take everything through a filter. And you have to think about everything that's being told to you. Because right now, there are things going on in the media right now that we're inundated with every day that are so obviously artificially generated mm -hmm. that it's just mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people who are close to me that I've thought for all these years, for my conversations with them, would know better than to fall for this kind of thing, hook, line, and sinker. But I see them on social media and messages and mm -hmm. things like that. Man, they are, I mean, they're foaming at the mouth. And if they would just step back and look and, and see all the alternate viewpoints and all, all try to gather all of the information, even the information that, that does not appeal to their prejudices, then they would get a markedly different picture of what's going on. And what an excellent comparative uh, monologue because, you know, that's, you basically summed up a lot of what the resistance here, what we're talking about, mm -hmm. is all about, mm -hmm. which is, you know, look at the big picture, mm -hmm. and you might actually be amazed at how wrong some of these groups actually are in their theory and purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, you see the broad spectrum of the phenomena that we call Bigfoot, mm -hmm. you may actually end up deciding, oh, well, hedging my bets on a couple of three different theories might be a lot smarter mm -hmm. than just sticking, you know, with the Church yeah. of Bigfoot over here, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just, I get frustrated, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I'm not, you know, we're not on here. You, we're truly, we're not trying to sell anything. We're not trying to, we, we haven't, you know, come on here and my newest Bigfoot book or, you know, I'm not sitting here. We're not hawking things to you. This is subsidized. I take care of this. We, you know, I pay for this. So we're going to show back up next week. Okay? You know, that's the thing I want people to understand is we're going to be here. We're going to continue to broadcast. And, you know, I've just got to... I just want people... To do exactly what you said. I want people to use their brains and think. You don't have to agree with me. That's fine. You, you know, you say, oh, this guy, he's... Use your brain. Step back. Look at the big picture. Think for yourself. If you're unhappy in some sort of social situation revolving around Bigfoot, take a step back from that. You shouldn't, what do you say, you ought to be happy, right, Steve? Yeah, you should, I mean, there's, there's no reason to be involved in the Bigfoot phenomenon for, for any other reason than intellectual curiosity and enjoyment. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I mean, even if one runs in front of your car tonight on the way home from work, in the, in the, in the grand picture of things, its effect on your life is going to be minimal. At all. Yeah. 
So, yeah. I mean, it's on the rank of things that are going to be major events in your life, you know, with your family, your job, your career, and everything like that, it's going to rank pretty low. Mm-hmm. So, Bigfoot doesn't need you to exist. You definitely don't need Bigfoot to be in your life to carry on with your life as it is. Mm-hmm. So, just think of it as a pastime. Think of it as something to enjoy and, and to be pleasantly intellectually stimulated. Because when it gets to the point where you start drawing, when you start being drawn into all these purely human conflicts, mm-hmm. then it, it really ceases its its rationale for being. And, you know, you're forewarned that there are people in the Bigfoot investigation world that, you know, they have uh, vendettas and feuds that literally... Ulterior motives. motives. I mean, this stuff goes back 50 years, mm-hmm. and it's still there festering. And you can be easily drawn in because you like the person into wanting to fight a battle that really probably was a misunderstanding or something in 1975. And it's just festering, it's just grown. You know, collect the data, do your own thing. You know, if you want any kind of, uh, you know, advice on the scientific method or how to, to go about this, hey, we're free, we're not going to charge you. You know, another thing, too, that I really dislike is you've got some people that are so mercenary. If if the person took the report and uh, you just wanted verification, this has happened to me in, in the last couple of years, I just wanted verification that a creature fitting this description was, you know, what was the location? I know the story. I know where it was. But what was the story? So I, you know, I shot a, a very nice email off and said, uh-huh. hey, would you please just tell me? And the person sent back and said, well, that's on page, you know, 47 of my book. Uh-huh. And you know what? What that person did, the person could have just said, oh, that was in Modesto, California. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. And said, you know, but no, they, they're like, oh, you need to buy my book. Well, you know what? Now never going to buy your books yeah. ever again. Yeah. So, And not only that, I'm going to tell everybody I meet not to buy it. That's right. Because you know what? Your your sense of being um, capitalist, and that's not a bad word to me, by the way. I don't, I'm not against people making money. Mm-hmm. But honestly, to ask one little single question that the person could have immediately answered, mm-hmm. they're going to try to make me buy a $15 book mm-hmm. to get one answer. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that is the spirit of what you're going to encounter out in the Bigfoot world. Yeah. Just there you go. There are some exceptions, don't get me wrong. There are some good people out there, mm-hmm. and I don't want to paint everybody who's interested in this with that broad brush of being negative and a con man or whatever, mm-hmm. but wow, there are a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it may, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. You know, they say there's a curse that goes along with this. Mm-hmm. And the Native Americans will tell you right quick, you know, you you got to be careful with this stuff because this, this will come back and haunt you. If you what, what was that that uh, Nietzsche said? If you stare into the abyss long enough, eventually yeah. the abyss will stare back into you. Yeah. And I would just tell you, um, moderation. You know, even in the UFO world, uh, what was, um, I can't think of the, something cold. 
Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold, yeah. And you know, this is we're going way back to the to the Indrid, classic, yeah. yeah. And but in you know George Adamski era, yeah. Yeah, he you know we're we're going way back and but but the thing was okay if eventually if you do this long enough strange things will come back into your life Mm -hmm. you know and we're aware of this Mm -hmm. Steve and I both are you know I mentioned on the last podcast there's no explanation for why the last 15 minutes of the podcast disappeared I have been I have yet been able to determine that Mm -hmm. it wasn't a a fault of the the host yeah the 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 hosting media company Uh just disappeared now you know if you're paranoid you can say well what did we say in that last 15 minutes yeah that maybe someone aroused somebody at the nsa who was listening or something you know maybe we touched on something that they just really don't want you know us to talk about Mm -hmm. so you know just keep that in mind okay don't let this take over your life a lot of divorces And different things have taken Mm -hmm. place because the person became obsessed. Mm -hmm. You know, I've even, I mean, I I can share the campfire story, but I can't really validate. But, you know, one, I've I've heard one report of a person who consistently started, you know, going to this one area where they were gifting, Mm -hmm. that, that sort of thing. And they did it in, you know, several months, and they would leave items. And eventually the the creature presented itself. <clears throat> it didn't close, like, any distance, but it, it allowed the person to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the person had initiated this relationship with this unknown being, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm going to say unknown being because mm-hmm. the next uh, events in the story don't tend to make me believe it was an animal because the person was 50 miles away from the area mm-hmm. where they were initiating the experience in the national park. Mm-hmm. So they're doing this, they're bringing gifts, you know, bringing apples and watermelon and the different different things. And they'd come back, like they're doing this week to week, so I guess every weekend they're driving like 50 miles yeah. to leave a watermelon in the woods. Mm-hmm. And eventually they see the creature the creature's been giving them gifts well something happened apparently in a person's life they weren't able to go now this person lives 50 miles away mm-hmm. in a much more suburban area than the place where they're going mm-hmm. well, they missed a couple of weeks then suddenly they start getting tapping on their windows at night mm-hmm. and the next thing you know you know, they claim that, you know, Bigfoot's now found their house and is peeking in the windows of their house in a suburban area. Mm. And if my understanding is correct, you know, this was out in the Pacific Northwest somewhere, mm. but the Bigfoot would have had to have crossed several large interstates and uh, mm. surface streets and different... Golf th- courses and everything else. Right, <laughs> to, to get to their house. Mm. So... You know, little stories like that tend to make me believe that we're dealing with something a bit more than a bipedal ape. That, that A, how did it find it? And don't even try to tell me, oh, well, it sniffed it out. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Uh, 
it having been familiar through law enforcement with bloodhounds. Now, yeah. if you've got a track, mm-hmm. a bloodhound can follow you for miles, but mm-hmm. you you know you don't cross straight real bodies of water or yeah. you know it, it would just be it's more line of sight with mm-hmm. the dog. Yeah. Okay. So I doubt seriously that Bigfoot could have just you know sniffed a person in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. All the way back. See, too many vehicles, right? So the, anyway, I just think, you know, moderation in this. Look into it, uh, but be careful of that. And that's just a disclaimer from us because, while I want you to go out and explore, you know, I want you to be aware that there's some negatives to this, and, you know, be careful. Be careful out there, folks, because. This unexplained phenomena has a way of uh, intruding mm-hmm. into your peaceful uh, domicile, mm-hmm. your home life. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What, well, Steve? Have you got anything? Not really. I think we covered it pretty well. I mean, just be careful, be discerning, mm-hmm. and above all, be be methodical. Right. Yeah, be methodical. I think that's. You know, like I said, you, if you have a specific question, you know, shoot an email, jamesjakin13 at gmail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I can't answer it, or Steve can't, we'll find the information for mm-hmm. you. You know, uh, I have all sorts of access to different uh, collegiate and academic databases mm-hmm. through college, so, yeah. you know, university. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can find you an answer or, or at least suggest a, a well known uh, accepted documented book on how you need to present information mm-hmm. that sort of thing I can even give you suggestions on mm-hmm. software of course I don't know if SPSS or <clears throat> some of the things that I would use while I'm researching my dissertation would be helpful because mm-hmm. uh, you, you're suggesting a more quantitative study but or maybe not maybe you're talking qualitative I don't know but it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of both. I mean, it just you're building a database is basically what you're doing. There are several ways to do that. I mean, there's there's some low-end database software you can get from Microsoft and some other place. But or but um, if you have a laptop or a computer that you've bought recently, uh, a lot of them come with a very bare-bones spreadsheet as part of Microsoft Works. Oh yeah, that's if true. You, if you got part of Windows, uh, just build a, a simple spreadsheet or. Uh, barring that, if you don't have a computer, um, no, if, if you're accessing our show maybe through your smartphone or something like that, then uh, there's, by all means, do it the old-fashioned way that we used to do a long time ago. Write them down on pieces of paper and keep a file. Yeah. It can be as simple as that. Yeah, you can very easily get several file folders for different, uh, you know, mm-hmm. reports or, yeah. well, types of reports. Yeah, and you, you can label them or cross-index them as, as however. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, look, you know what? Go out there, do good work. Uh, we we here at Anecdotal Notes are behind you. We'll try to support you. We'll do what we can if you need to help. And you know, let's get into this. Let's look at it scientifically, and and let's open our minds. Let's start seeing the forest and not just the trees in the forest. And you know, let's resolve this thing. Let's. It's, we may never. I'm sure Lloyd's of London or something. I, the odds probably a million to one of Bigfoot ever being discovered or something. But, you know, if it, if it gets you out and it makes you happy 
and you're doing something positive and creative, then it can't really be bad, can it? Not really. So, you know, there you go. Well, thank you guys. Next week, you know, we're going to come back to you. We'll probably do something completely different. Uh, but we value you. And we thank you for listening to us. You know, it's important, you know, that that we communicate like this and get the word out that there is free thinking in existence. And I want you and we want you to become part of this free thinking paranormal movement. And, you know, that way, if we're going to have a Bigfoot barbecue, everybody can come to the barbecue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody needs to be excluded. So anyway, till then, it's Steve Hyde. Hey, good night, interwebs. And Pat Aiken. And same from, uh, from me. Good night, interwebs. We'll see you next Sunday night at 9. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. Good evening.